Listen, thanks for coming again today. Uh, listen, we're excited about, obviously, uh, our first uh, Big 12 contest that's coming up against Iowa State. Uh, a lot of things that are that are exciting about this game. Obviously, we're starting Big 12 play, which is uh, a big deal for us. Uh, I know our team's excited about that. Uh, Iowa State is a terrific environment to play in. Uh, I don't know if any or all of you have ever been there, but it is. Uh, I think they've had sellouts in their first two games. And since Coach Rhodes has been there, man, that attendance has been through the roof. They've done – their fans do a great job, and it always makes for a great environment for, for a, a Saturday afternoon, uh, particularly in the Big 12. So we're excited to go out there and be a part of it. Um, you know, Coach Rhodes has done such a great job since he's been there, and he's one of the guys for me personally in this profession that I respect the most. And there's a lot of reasons why that is. I mean, he's been very successful on the field. But I think the thing that sticks out for me is he's one of the things that's really, really right about college football. And the reason I can say that is I've been around him quite a bit. I've had the, the opportunity to interview with him at one point uh, for opening that he had. Uh, and he's just such a class act. But he has always been about the kids and about our game. The thing that I've really enjoyed being around him with in the Big 12 is just watching him truly care about making our game better. And, uh, you know, that takes work. That takes extra work outside of what you're trying to do with your team to make sure that you uh, – to, to, to try to make this game better. And Coach Rhodes does that uh, tirelessly. And I, I enjoy watching him, and I've learned a lot from him over the years. Uh, he truly cares about those kids, like I said. Um, I know he's probably having a thrill right now because he's got two kids playing for him right now. So that's got to be a good, a good deal for him. So I'm happy for him. Um, you know, he's done some wonderful things there. They've been uh, – quote, unquote, uh, giant killer since they've been there. They've won some big games against some really good football teams. I, I, I think back to that game against Nebraska that they had there. Uh, and then, you know, they, they upset Oklahoma State in the year that Oklahoma State had a chance to go play uh, in the national championship game. That was a big game. Uh, those are games that stick out in my mind. And there's, there's been many, many games like that for Coach Rhodes while he's been there. And that speaks to his leadership and the, the guys that he has on his staff. Now, I'm sure there will be some questions about some other guys that are on that staff today, but uh, it's going to be a big, a big thrill for me to be able to get to go out and compete myself. Uh, George Matsakis, Louis Matsakis, Clint Bowen, a lot of us were fortunate enough to be given opportunities to work right here at the University of Kansas by Coach Mangino, who I have the utmost respect for. Uh, for a lot of different reasons, and I've documented those well in the past. Uh, but it's going to be really fun to get to see him. I haven't seen him in a little while, uh, and it's been fun to watch his blueprint kind of get uh, laid down there at, at Iowa State offensively. So it's going to be exciting to play against him, not only him, but Brandon Blaney, who was on our staff, who I think is one of the finest, finest minds in our game. That guy is underrated. He does a really good job, uh, and I haven't seen him in a while. He was in the NFL for a good, good uh, while after we left here. So... Uh, I know it's going to be a, a fun time getting to see him as well. Tommy Mangino, who does a great job with those receivers there. He and I got to work together here, which was a lot of fun. Uh, been been fun watching his career grow. And then there's a kid that played for us here named Reese Petty that's uh, a GA for him that uh, played for me. And, man, he is one of those guys that I just have a, a ton of respect for and did a lot here for this program while he was here. Uh, but those guys, that'll be fun. It'll be a good reunion. But uh, when that ball gets kicked off, we're all, we're all going to be working just like we all have been. So uh, this team is going to be a challenge. There's no doubt about it. Uh, they've got some really good players. They've got some guys with some experience, but they've also got a good, nice little mix of youth in there, particularly defensively. 
Uh, I think offensively, when you think about those guys, as I've watched that tape, that quarterback makes them go. That uh, Sam Richardson has been around for a while. One of the things that really sticks out to me is that guy's got 5,000 yards pass, 5,000 yards plus passing, and 1,000 yards plus rushing. I think he's one of only five guys active right now that have those type of numbers in the NCAA. That's hard to do now. You've got to be able to play a bunch of games to be able to get that done. And, and he's done a good job of that. He's got a lot of experience, man, which is something you can't give him. Without, without playing, he, uh, he, uh, he makes them go. He's very efficient. You can tell he knows where to go with the ball. Um, and that experience is, is a big plus for them. Uh, I like their receiving core. There's a kid named Alan Lazard that I recruited while I was at A&M. That is a big, good-looking target. That guy can play. Uh, he is a big body guy, and you get it close to him, it's, it's not easy to knock it down because he's a strong guy. He's a challenge because of his size. Uh, and he, he did the same things when I watched him play in high school. Uh, the Montgomery kid, number eight, he's a really good player. They, they've got a great receiving core. Those guys across the board, uh, you know, number nine, Bundrag, he's a great player. I mean, those guys, they, they have done a nice job assembling and recruiting there some receivers that they've got. The Daly kid is a really good player as well. All those guys are productive. I think Tommy does a really good job with them. I mean, I watch his blueprint, the things that he, he and I work together on and he taught me, I can see them happening out there on the field. So. Uh, it's been good to watch him develop with those guys. Coach Blaney does a great job with that old line. They've got a couple. I know they got one guy, I think, coming back off injury. I know they'll be excited about having him back, but they're a good, solid group like they always are, and they're going to run the ball well. You can bet on that with Coach Mangino up there leading those guys and, and Brandon uh, coaching them up front. So uh, th those guys do a really good job. They're a sound unit, and they, they really do. They've got big play potential if you're not disciplined with your eyes and being where you're supposed to be. Um, Defensively, uh, Wally Burnham, I mean, that guy's been there with Coach for a long time. I've had to coach against him a long time. And he has done a tremendous job. He's kind of a legend in our sport. He's been around for so long, and he's been so successful. Uh, I've always watched, loved watching him. It's a little bit unique this year because he switched to a 3-4. I'm used to that four-down stuff with him. And, uh, but, man, it's been very productive for them. I thought it was a good move. Uh, they've created a lot of tackles for loss. They, they, they get to the quarterback. They've got a kid that's uh, second in the, in, the, in the country and first in the Big 12, the Pearson kid, the DN, that we've got to know where he is and we've got to have a plan for him because he can rush the passer. Um, I think he's ahead of Miles Garrett, if I'm not mistaken, and I know firsthand how good that kid was. So uh, he's a talented guy. We've got to know where he's at. Uh, second week in a row, we've gone against a premier pass rusher. That is, you know, it's helping us grow. It's definitely helping us grow. Uh, they're very strong up front. Those guys are very strong. He's got some, some new guys in there, some junior college guys that obviously you can tell are strong guys. Uh, I think there's the thing I like most about them is that D, that D end, and I really like this secondary kid. He's a really good player, Cotton Moya, uh, number five. He just seems to be in on, on every play. You turn on the tape, and he's, he's affecting the game every time that ball snaps. So those guys will be a challenge. Uh, I know they got a freshman cornerback over there that – I think he's leading the Big 12 right now, if I'm not mistaken, in past breakups, and you can see him show up, uh, the PB kid. So they've got some really good players. A lot of them have some experience, but they do have a, a nice mix of youth over there, particularly on that defensive side. So I know the future looks bright for those guys moving forward. But um, like I said, before we take any questions, Coach Bashar, good luck to you guys as you work against West Virginia this week, 14-0. Man, that's hard to do anywhere, man. Enjoy it. Uh, appreciate the effort. Thanks for all you do for us. Appreciate it. So let's take some questions. Coach, how different is the Big 12 now than, than when you were here? Um, has it changed a lot? I think it was starting to transition when we were here before. Um, but it definitely is different than it was 
when we first when I first got here. Uh, I just remember walking out there and seeing Texas and Oklahoma those first years, and it it actually looked a lot. The players looked a lot more like what we just played against this week. A lot of tall, long, very long, big, big men. Uh, and that's kind of what Rutgers looked like. They were That was a big football team in comparison. Um, now, foot speed-wise, you know, it's a little bit different. Uh, this, this league is very fast, and um, it, you've got to be able to match speed in this, in this conference. Dude, yesterday you talked about some of the stuff you learned from Coach Mangino, but uh, how did you um, guys connect? I mean, how did you end up here in 2008, I guess it was? Uh, Christmas Day. I got a call from uh, from Tim Beck, and he said, "Hey, would you be interested in in this receiver job? Because I'm going to Nebraska." And I said, "Well, yeah." I was at Rice. I was like, "Yeah, I'd be interested, but dude, he's not going to hire me." I mean, I was at Rice, you know, and uh, we had had a good football player there, Jarrett Dillard. He was really good. I mean, matter of fact, he, I think he finished second in the Blitnikoff final finals that year to uh, a kid named Calvin Johnson. I think his name was a pretty good player. Uh, so I was lucky. I had a good player. And Tim was a buddy of mine, and uh, him and uh, George Masakis kind of got us hooked up together, and we met. And uh, like I said yesterday, I'm not sure I deserved it, but he gave me a chance, and uh, I'll be forever grateful to him. Do you remember much about that that interview process or how it went? Yeah, I do. I mean, he uh, he is a he he is a really nice guy. Very very funny. I mean, it was very you know it wasn't real intense or anything like that with him. It was just very matter of fact in terms of what's your style like. And I think he was searching to see if I was a fit for what he was looking for. So it, it was uh, fairly straightforward, but uh, man, he was, a, he was a joy to talk to. Dave, you mentioned yesterday DeAndre Ford's out this week. Do you have any update just on what his staff's been moving forward? Yeah, he's, uh, he's got some strained ligaments, I think is what they called it in that, in that thumb. It's going to be a little while. I'm not sure how long. We'll take it, a, we'll take it week to week, but there's I don't, there's no way he's going to be able to go this week. So we've ruled him out for this week. Um, but we'll see how it, how it progresses next week. It was a fairly good shot that he took when he hit the ground. You guys still dealing with the flu? A little bit. A little bit here and there. You know how that is. Once it starts, it, it keeps going. And when you're dealing with 105 guys, you've always got something. Uh, it's not always documented. But it's not really unlike anything that we usually deal with. It just happened to hit a specific guy the other day, and I, I think it made the news as a result. <laughs> you know. How is Montel? He's, he's a lot better. You can tell he's still a little bit, you know, he's still trying to recover. I mean, it's, it's hard to keep your appetite up when you're, when you're sick like that. We all have experienced it. Uh, he's starting to put that weight back on him, though, getting the fluids back in. You, you talked about going into the Big 12 schedule now. Um, so far, your first job as a head coach, is there anything that you've learned is, you know, in particular, anything that surprised you the way? Well, I, I'm learning every day, and I've, I've learned every day since I, I started coaching. Um, there, you're either getting better or you're getting worse, in our case as well. So, But particularly, yeah, I've, I've learned – uh, a lot. I think one of the big things for me is just managing the game from a head coaching perspective. I've learned so much, and uh, I've put a lot of time into that, just making sure that I make sure that uh, that I'm there for our team when they need us to make the right decisions and be in the right positions. And uh, that's been that's probably been the biggest the biggest change is trying to trying to manage all that, and and trying to keep my eyes off wanting to watch what's going on offensively or just watch what's going on defensively and really stay in the moment with situations. So. 
you know, and I think most most new new head coaches experience that as they go through it. Good to see you, Sam. I ain't seen you in a while, man. <laughs> Is that, are you talking about like sort of managing your coaches? Is that, well, that, that's part of it, uh, really managing the game. I mean, those guys need to be free to coach. They need to be thinking about, hey, it, it's, it's third and medium, it's third and short, it's third and long. I need to be the one that's been able to tell them, hey, you got two downs here. So they, they know whether they want to run the ball downhill or what they need to call to be able to make, the sh make that next play a, a, uh, a manageable situation. So for me, I have to be thinking two, three plays ahead and really understanding the situation, the environment, all the things that go into being a head coach, watching that time. I've got some great help up in the box with some guys that, that uh, we are con constantly communicating about time management and things like that. I, I really think that's a lost art form in, 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 uh, in, in football sometimes. I mean, I try to put a lot of emphasis on that because I think that that, you know, Kevin taught me this a long time ago, Kevin Sumley. He said there's a lot more games that are lost than won. And I certainly don't want to be that reason. So we work diligently at trying to prevent that. Last thing I'll ask you on this line is, is the, there's a balance, right, between you're talking about managing the game. There's a balance between stuff on the field and off the field, recruiting, you know, relationships and all that stuff. Has that been about what you would expect? Because I mean, that's, that's a lot of your time, too. Yeah, it is. It, it is. There's, there's no, no doubt about it. But you've got to find the pockets to fit that in. You know, we... We, we have certain – we have a schedule set. You know, last night we're on the phones for a good while. And then we'll be on the phone again tonight. We'll be on the phone again tomorrow night. I mean, that's something – you guys asked me what Coach Mangino uh, teach me. He taught me that you do it every day. You recruit every single day. And we do it every day. I mean, we're, we're trying to make this thing better by creating a competitive environment. And the way you do that is bring in a little bit better than what you got. Keep trying to find a little bit better than what you got. And that'll make those guys better. We've added, you know, seven or eight guys to our roster in the fall that I don't know that we've gotten to the production level we want to be at yet, but I'm going to tell you, we've gotten a lot better because those eight guys are here. Whether they're playing or not, we've gotten a lot better. Most of them are. Some of them aren't. But they've certainly made us a little bit better in areas. So same thing with recruiting. We've got to continue to do it because that's the way we're going to get to where we want to get is continuing to recruit well. We do it every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We do it Sunday nights. I mean, anytime you get a chance, you got to be on that phone. Speaking of younger players, Tyrone Miller is leading the uh, Big 12 in freshman with uh, tackles per game. Could you elaborate on the impact he's had on the quarterbacks and the defense? Man, he's had a big impact for us. You know, I was talking to, talking about it with our team yesterday. That first game, he got thrown into the fire against a really good receiver. The Winnicky kid is going to be an mm -hmm. NFL player. I, I firmly believe it. The kid from South Dakota State, he is a good player. He did the same thing in his second game. He did the same thing in his third game. He, I mean, the kid had 14 touchdowns last year, 1,400 yards receiving. I mean, he's a really good player. That was his first draw was against that guy. That guy's a really good – and he's big, you know. So that first game, man, most guys – I've had a bunch of them that have had a game have, – they've drawn an assignment like that and you never heard from them again. Or you didn't hear from them again until their sophomore year. Uh, man, that sucker just kept playing. He just kept playing. He kept battling. He kept battling. Coach Perry stayed stayed on him, loved him, stayed on him, loved him, stayed on him, loved him. And, you know, all he did last week was stand up and make some really big tackles for us when we needed him to. Um, so it's been good to watch him kind of progress. Uh, he was the player, for the player of the week for us defensively. Obviously, his production was really good. Um, I was – I'm surprised, a little bit surprised at how good of a tackler he's been for us. Uh, it's been good to see that.
lot of times when a corner leaves the team and tackles like he's doing so far, it's not necessarily a good thing. A lot of times giving up catches and then tackling a guy. But, but that's not what he's doing, correct? No, he's not. I mean, if you watch schematically what people are doing to us, there's a lot of times where balls are bouncing off tackle to the edge and it's either guys are cracking receivers and that corner has to replace. And that's happening a lot. Uh, or he's beating the receiver and he's getting in there and making a tackle, which is what you need to do. Most of them are perimeter runs or they're, they're a pass down the field a little bit. But most of the run game has been perimeter run stuff. Uh, and really, to be honest with you, to be able to stop run games, you have to be able to tackle at the corner position. A lot of those guys uh, – I mean, a lot of them, they don't tackle very well because they think they're there just to cover. And, man, in this day and age, you're going to have to tackle at that spot. This is a young, this is a young corner group with a little D1 experience. I guess how much difficult, how much more difficult has it made it because you guys have had Winnikey. Um, Memphis was the only team you guys didn't really have a giant receiver against, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And this week, you guys have Montgomery. How much more difficult does that make it just to defend guys that are named receivers? I mean, I think it, it makes it. It makes it difficult, but it doesn't make it any more difficult on us than it is anybody else. I mean, they're playing against other dudes each week, and they're doing, they're being productive. But I think, as far as we're concerned, we just we have to do a good job of rising to those occasions and and stopping those guys. And that doesn't happen overnight. It's just like everything else. It's a process, and it's been fun to watch the process with Tyrone because he's. He's gotten a little bit better every week. Brandon Stewart, we're not talking about him very much, but I'm telling you, he has gotten a little bit better every week. And, you know, those guys, those kids, bless their heart, they're just like they're, they're just like a lot of us at times. They want five years of work to be done in six months, and it doesn't work that way, you know. It takes five years to get five years' worth of work. And there's a process, and the thing i got to take my hat off to those kids is that they have continued to work, and they've, been, they've had great attitudes, and, and man, they'll they'll stand right back up and play the next play, which is that's a good thing to have to go. Those guys doing that. What kind of uh, things did you see from Tyler Patrick that he got promoted from scout team and now he's playing so well? Where did he make himself? Well, uh, you know, coming out of spring in that spring game was the first time I noticed him. I think he had six or seven catches in that spring game, so uh, that was the first time he kind of popped up on our radar. And like I said earlier. Uh, we had a lot of new faces here, so we had a lot of guys to get reps with. And I'm not sure that he didn't fall below the line simply because he didn't get as many reps. We were trying to look at other guys. And, uh, you know, he just kept working. I think the big thing that stuck out to us is what he was doing on special teams. You know, when he wasn't playing, he was still covering kicks for us at the gunner position. And, uh, man, he was out there showing up. And as a result, you know, we had some injuries, and that's kind of how it happens. You just keep sawing wood. Keep sawing wood, and then your turn comes, and you're either ready or you're not. And he was one of those kids that was that has shown that he's been ready for the challenge, and he stepped up and he's been consistent. I think the quarterbacks like him because if it gets close to him, he's gonna catch it. You know, I mean, I know, I know that dude back there on that wall. If you didn't catch the ball, he wasn't gonna throw it to you. <laughs> I mean, he was gonna throw to the guys that were gonna catch it. That's why Kerry caught a bunch of balls, and that's why Desmond Briscoe caught a bunch of balls. Those quarterbacks. That they know who's going to catch that ball when it gets close. And I think that's kind of what they're feeling with Tyler right now. Where, where was the, the breakdown offensively in the, in the run game last week? Outside of the big one from DeAndre, not a whole lot there. And, and certainly weird with Kenner having 100 in the first two games and then getting bottled up a little bit last week. I think it was a combination of things. I'm not sure we played near as good up front as we had in the past weeks. A lot of that has to – the credit has to go to Rutgers. They got a good front, you know, and they lost their best one. I mean, he wasn't even in there, that nose tackle number 91. 
but they've got some big kids that are capable, and I thought they recreated the line of scrimmage a couple times that hurt us, particularly with some of our gap scheme stuff that we were doing to them. Um, you know, and then we had a, I think we had a couple of missed opportunities where we had a chance to squirt out of there one time and the ball comes out. And, you know, we might have had some chunks on that one. And, and those, are, those are things that we had been taking advantage of in the past. And then, you know, you get behind a little bit, and then that dictates kind of what you're doing to try to catch up a little bit. The ball goes in the air a little bit more. I think that, that might have had a little bit to do with it. But, uh, you know, I know Coach Yenzer has done a great job with this group because there's a lot of new faces up there on that front, on that O-line. Um, and I know that he was, he was obviously not pleased with this, with this week's performance, and I know those guys are looking forward to turning around this week and trying to get back in, in that good spot in the run game. You mentioned how talented this wide receiver core is as a whole for Iowa State. Did you do anything differently in practice this week to try to prepare for that? We played good receivers every week, so that, that's the good thing. Uh, it's really the same deal. Memphis, I mean, if you watch them on television the other night, I mean, every one of those dudes are making catches and runs, and those guys were good players. Uh, I don't know that they have an Alan Lazard height-wise, but every one of those guys were 6'1", 6'2", and they could run and they had good hands. So the good news is we really don't have to do much different um, the number 13 for Rutgers was one of the tallest drinks of water I've ever seen in my life. That's a big dude playing wide receiver. So we have already had to play against that. And uh, so I think we've been kind of cultured, so to speak, when it comes to the receiving course. So I, I don't – we're not going to do much different. Um, you know, what we do is, is what we do, and, and, and it's right. We just got to continue to get better at it. Yeah, I think it did. You know, we, we got to see a um, kind of a, a good array of what you're going to see offensively throughout the year. I mean, we got to see a lot of misdirection from Memphis. We got to see, got to see some power run game from a good football team in South Dakota State who continues to pound the football at, each other, at, at other teams running the football, which has been good. Uh, and then, obviously, you know, last week these guys run the ball at you pretty good from a 21 personnel perspective, and they did a nice job. Um, and, you know, we're going to see all of those things at some point throughout, the, throughout our time throughout the Big 12. So I think we've seen a good sampling of it. Um, I don't, I, the only thing I don't think we saw was any triple option, you know, from underneath. And uh, last I checked, I haven't seen anybody in the Big 12 running that yet, so maybe triple option, option from the gun. But I haven't seen anything from under center. Other than Ford, um, injuries, injuries, and also we talked to him last week, but Taylor Cox, is he, is he a... Getting close. Hopefully next week. Hopefully next week. I don't know. Th th this week he's – I don't think he's going to be ready quite yet, but, man, uh, he's getting close. Uh, other injuries, we're in pretty good shape. Our guys uh, have taken care of themselves pretty good. You know, those guys, uh, we're going to have a pretty healthy ball club going into, into the game other than DeAndre, which is good. Anything specific to what Mangino did here um, that you've been sort of able to, to utilize or put in place? Yeah, um, if you've been, ever spent any time around Coach Mangino, I think the one phrase that people always have common ground with is keeps on wood. And that's probably the thing that we have started with and we are going to continue with. Uh, listen, I hate losing. I do not like it at all. However, I understand that this thing's a process. 
we understand it's a process. And part of the process is learning to stay positive in the eye of adversity. So we as coaches are going to continue to stay positive, and we're going to stay positive with our players, with each other, because we believe in what we're doing, and we know that it's going to finally it's going to kick in. Uh, and we're, to borrow from coach, we're going to keep sawing wood. Uh, and that's the way we're going to get this thing done. We're going to keep working. We're going to stay positive uh, because there are there's some positive things out there that we're building on. I think we're number one in the conference in, in, in um, fewest penalties in the Big 12, which is a big goal for us. Uh, you know, unfortunately, we had three, three penalties the other day that extended drives and led to touchdowns, led to 21 points uh, instead of being able to get off the field there. So we obviously have some other things that we got to learn about that. So that, that, that stat can be a little bit deceiving at times. But, you know, like I said, his big influence on us was keep sawing wood and just keep working because you never know which swing's going to be the one. You know, never know which one's, which cut's going to be the one where you break through. So we're looking forward to that. And I know our guys are, man, they're positive and they're, and they're ready to go. I mean, I, I love our team. I love our team just as much as I did from the first day. Those guys come to work every day, and they're excited about taking on Iowa State. They know, they know that we're getting closer every day, just a little bit better every day. How do you coach that Goodman, that, that Goodman third down penalty? That I think it was a horse caller because, I mean, he's going after the quarterback, going for a second. How do you, how do you coach that? Yeah, that's tough, but the, the fact of the matter is we don't ever pull down, you know. We don't pull down. We do the same thing that we, we did with Damani on the reverse against Memphis. Uh, you, can't, you can't pull down in those situations. You can't do that. You've got to be able to hold on, but you can't pull down. And same, Damani did a nice job of it, and Ben will learn from it as a result. Those are difficult because you don't know if you're going to be able to stay on your feet or not. But, you know, believe it or not, we do address the way to handle those horse collar situations. And... Uh, unfortunately, it, it, it reared itself, it, its eerie head at that, on that particular moment. But, man, I'll tell you this, uh, there's nobody that felt worse about that than Ben, ben Goodman. And, I mean, he, he was one of the big time, one of the lone bright spots for us the other day. So uh, I, know, I know he'll make that adjustment. And we all got to learn from that. I think we got to play lower, too. Right now, that's why some of those penalties are occurring, because we're, we're straightening our legs out. Bend your knees, and we'll be in a lot better position. That'll help us. Larry, you just started two games in a row for you guys. Uh, mm -hmm. How much is the conditioning factor into that? Is that is that the biggest factor for him being in there, or what? What? Why do you guys go in there? Well, he's earned it. Uh, I, I think it just goes back to that. He he's earned it. He has had consistent practice habits from the time that he got here. Uh, he's shown us that we can trust him. Uh, that he understands what we're doing schematically. He puts the extra time in, uh, and as a result, he's earned it. He just played more consistent throughout throughout the week, which is a common theme throughout every position that we have. So that's why he's in there. Dave, you've talked about having an aggressive defense. And you guys really uh, struggled with getting tackles for a loss. I guess what goes into that, or what, what needs to happen to get more of the negative <clears throat> Well, I, I think the biggest thing for us is when you, when you – any of the issues that you're having with production – usually starts with fundamentals and back to basics. And as we look at it and as, as we've evaluated it um, over the last few weeks is we got to keep working at this, but we have to be able to play with lower pad level. And it will start with, we say this all the time, a great stance makes for a great, great start. A great start makes for a great finish. And I know it's cliche, but it is absolutely the truth. And you have to do a good job fundamentally 
of being in the proper position at the beginning. And if you're not, you're going to have a hard time being at the right spot at the end. So one of the things that creates negative yardage plays is great explosion, great blow delivery up front. And we're working at it. we got a lot of young guys up front. I mean, we, we've got a couple of older dudes, but there's a lot of those young dudes that are playing, and they're having to learn that, you know, you've got to be able to play low to high. And I think that will start creating some – some some more situations where we can create TFLs, and we got to get to that. We got to get to that, and we got to do a better job getting to the passer even more. Let's take two more questions. Outside of Ben Goodman, had you expected more out of your defensive ends? He's he's played pretty well, it seems like. Yeah, I think I think we did, you know, and and I know Coach Tibbs does a great job with those guys, and I know that he has high expectations for those guys as well. Um, you know, we have to continue to get more production from those guys up front. Uh, being able to get pressure with four instead of having to create it with pressure and trying to add a fifth, fifth and sixth guy. And because you put young DBs on islands when you do that sometimes. So uh, we've got to do a better job there. Um, you know, we really need some guys. We need some, uh, some guys. Anthony Alobia, we, we saw him stand up a little bit the other day, but he's got to come on and play better for us and really get some production. Um, Damani Mosby, another guy, really needs to step up and kind of give us some production. Those guys inside. Uh, they, they've got to step up and start creating some production for us uh, on the other side of the line of scrimmage. Uh, and really, that, that, that group, I think they take, they're, they're taking it personally. They understand that they have higher, higher uh, aspirations than what they played with to this point. And for us to be where we need to be, those guys got to continue to get better, just like the rest of them. But they really do. They need to continue to get better because that's going to help us stop the run. Along those same lines, uh, all three of your opponents had pretty good success running the ball against you. Just a couple of your players said, hey, it's just a matter of what you kind of talked about, going back to those fundamentals and, and all 11 guys doing their job on every play. Once that happens, it takes care of itself. Is it as simple as that, or, or is it also a simple situation where, hey, sometimes we're just a little undersized or a little outmatched, and, and we we'll just have to take our medicine and, and do the best we can? All right. Well, um, the first thing is the, the focus in the off week was accurate execution. Okay, so when we accurately execute, we are better. I know that. We're better. Uh, when it comes to us not maybe being as big or as strong as some other people, we, we control that. So we need, to, we need to continue to work to get bigger and stronger. Coach Jackson's done a great job. I mean, we looked at the numbers the other day. There's been a lot of progress here in that area from the day that we got here till, um, till we started fall camp. But, man, we got a long way to go. There's just a lot to do. There's a lot to do. Uh, it's like I told our team. I know you want five years worth of work in six months, but it's not going to happen. Doesn't work that way. My mom taught me that a long time ago. Just doesn't work that way. So we've got a lot of work to do, and it's going to start with one step at a time, one day at a time, and we'll we'll keep sawing wood. Keep sawing wood, and it, it it'll 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 hit. It'll hit here soon. All right. Thank you, everyone. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Appreciate y'all.